Voices that inspire the extended interview. My name is Judy Mandrell. I am the executive director of Dream Builders Greatness Center, the co-pastor of Life Changes Church of God in Christ, and I am the host of the Real Talk with Judy live radio show. So how did you find yourself in this world you're in? You know, ministry and being a radio host, what 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 is the passion that propels all that? Growing up as a child, my mom and dad raised us to serve. I have five sisters and one brother. We're from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and my passion has always been to serve people. And so when you say you want to serve them, how do you want to serve them? I want to help people to become what they can see in themselves. Uh, as a kid, I took food to the project out of our refrigerator. And one of my greatest motivation I remember is as a child helping one of my sisters ride the bike and to see the joy and the happiness when I let the bike go and they paddled for themselves. That propelled me, and I call myself a people architect. I like it. People architect. That's a good one. I don't think I've heard that before. So as a people architect, I see, I think we, I follow you on Facebook and you're everywhere. You are a busy woman. What, what's your strategy of connecting to people? Making them know that I care. I want people to feel my heart and to know that they have a cheerleader, whether I know them or not. But if I come in their presence, I want them to know when they look over there that that Judy Mandrell, who is that lady? And she's smiling and clapping. And that's what encouraged me to go on. I I am real big about people believing in themselves, uh, finding themselves. If they mess up, I want to be there to help them get up, to let them know, hey, let's start again. Was there somebody in particular that inspired you growing up? My mother. My mother, and she's 83 years old. My mom is still here. She, she is my inspiration. Um, she has health challenges now. She had a child care center for 45 years. Um, she ran a child development center. She taught us to be, my mom and my dad, they taught us to be the best that we could be. Uh, don't be afraid to challenge. And anytime we messed up, anytime we made a mistake, they were there. They were there. They served the community. They taught us. And my uncle used to say, I just used to stare at my mom. I, I just would stare at her. And my mom told me one day that I told her something she did. And I said, you remember, you're a good mom. Bad mom would do that, but not a good mom. I'm sure she remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, um, and until I was 18. Then I came to Tallahassee to attend Florida a University. And what did you major? What did you study? I studied social work, and I did that. My dad said at the age of six, I told him that God— Call me to be an evangelist, and I'm going to save the world. And I believe that's what I'm here for. I really do. I went to, I love people, everybody. And I believe that my job as a people architect is to help people look strategically at their life and let's build it. Put a room here or a door here or a window here, but let's build what you see. 
So I love that. And so on your radio program, what what's the th- what are the themes that you like to talk about? Like I love to talk on, on, on the Real Talk with Judy show. I love talking about empowerment. I, I mean, um, you, you got to see it before you see it or you never will see it. Um, uh, things like uh, the sky is not the limit. Go past the sky. Uh, you got to believe in yourself. I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book, and the book is show up for you, show up for me, because I believe that sometime on the stage, if there's nobody in the audience, clap for yourself, go perform, and eventually someone will come. But if you don't show up for you, no one else is going to show up. And so the show is to build people confident, help people to look within themselves and see, I don't deal with a lot of the community, like the politics, but I deal with the issues of the community. Love, hate, racism. We, we go hard at it because I want us to understand we can make it. Okay. I also have a sister girls program that I started. And it's all for unity <laughs> to bring everybody together. I'm real big on that. I want to dig into that a little bit. So, you know, that there's so many challenges we're facing as a community, as a country, the division, the anger that's out there. Um, You know, that's sort of some of the things we were trying to address as well in this podcast. And I'd love for you, like when you when when you're seeing it, how do you help? What's your strategy to navigate this challenging world we're in? Number one, I, uh, my, my faith helps me a lot. Um, I've had some bad or real hard things to happen to me as far as race is concerned. And there was an old lady one day. I was going to Winn-Dixie, the door open, and I stood back so she can go in. And she said, she called me a bad name, and then she said, I didn't ask for your help. And I looked, I said, ma'am, I was just helping you. I didn't ha- I said, I just let you go by. I didn't ask you for that. And I said, you know what? You did not. But if you were my grandmother or my mother, I would so appreciate anyone stopping to give them help. And it's things like that is how I go, I go at it. I, I put it back into their eyes. If if I was your sister or if this, and, and I really work hard to bring people together in the eyes of, uh, like the sister girls. We're not, we're black and white, we're, we're Puerto Rican, we're Hispanic, right? But to come in as sisters, regardless of where we are economically uh, or, or in our faith walk or whatever, we're sisters, we're women, we're sisters. And the first time I did, I had over 400 and some women to attend, black, white, the mayor's wife, uh, the uh, attorney, um, public defender, Jessica Yeary, Tiffany Baker, Cynthia Barber, Diane William Cox, all of these people, and homeless women because we're all women. And so I go at it like that. I, I, I work to get people to understand, hey, we need each other regardless, and we never know what tomorrow going to bring. Today you may live in a mansion. It may burn down tonight, and you may need one of the rooms in my home. And so that's, that, that's, that's how I live my life. I live my life to help somebody. I really do. And then I try to I work to get everybody to see that. And I got that growing up. 
Yeah, my mom and dad taught us that. It sounds like it's really you're trying to help people see each other's humanity, you know, get past the labels we put on each other and just see us for who we are. Yeah, yeah. Even when we come together, it's not Dr. Judy or Pastor Judy. It's Judy. That's that's who we are, you know. We're 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 not our titles. All cancer hit everybody, you know. When the pandemic came, COVID nineteen hit everyone. We need each other, you know. None of us like the same food, and it's okay. I love fried chicken, right? But all of us might like it fried a different way, and it's okay. It is perfectly okay, and that's how I live. It is okay if we differ. It's okay. Let's find what we like, and let's make that work. So your faith and, and your, your ministry, have you seen, do you feel the churches are changing? How are they responding? I mean, the black church for years has been such a center point for civil rights, for change, for supporting the community. Do you think that that role is still there? I think the role of the church is still there. It has changed some, but I think we're working and understanding better that the church is the cornerstone in the black community. The church was everything. And what we have now, we have a generation that don't really attend church. Um, they, They don't really care much about God or their faith, you know, because they hadn't been taught. But I'm 63 years old, and when I grew up, there was no ifs and buts about it. Sunday morning, we were going to church. Sunday evening, we were going to church. Tuesday night, we were going to church. We were just going to church, and they taught us the way of the Bible. They taught it to us, right? My mom taught it. My dad taught it. We read it at home. But it helped. I really believe it helped. And I believe now that we're understanding that we got to get back to the basic. We have to bring our families and our children back to what kept our communities together. And that was that black church. Mm-hmm. That, that was that church. Boy, we, we come in there, we praise God, we read the Bible, and they taught us. They taught us to love our neighbors as ourselves. They taught us to turn the other cheek. They did. They taught us these things. And I believe that my generation, we lived it, but somewhere up in there, we have lost um, the, the pole to it. But I believe that we understand that the church, and we have to get the church very active back into our community once again. Yeah, because you're right. It's such a pivotal role, and it, it kept that solidarity and sense of community and when people get dispersed and they don't feel that sense of community, I think that's when the desperation and the and the challenges come in. Yeah, I, I agree because one of the things, too, in our communities, we had a house, and I'm sure everyone can, rem- can agree with this, a house in our communities that was the neighborhood house, and our house was that. People, the children played in the front yard. Uh, we had big mama. My, my mama, everybody called my mama, Mama Irma, you know. Um, and we, we played in the yard. We had basketball goals on the street, you know. And we fought. We fought. But 
our parents would come and say, I know y'all not fighting your brother and your sister. But there was a sense of security. There was, there was no fear. And, and I'm sure drugs and all of that stuff have been around, but they taught us that was not good for us. They taught it in the homes. And I believe that that's another thing that's missing. We're not teaching in the homes the responsibility of the parents because all of us got to help. And that, that saved our community. It saved our community. It saved the people in the community. So what's kept you in Tallahassee? My husband. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, we left. We, we got married uh, in 1981. We just celebrated 41 years of marriage. Congratulations. And thank you. And um, we moved to Tampa. And he said that the Lord led him back to Tallahassee. I cried all the way back. I was driving. I cried all the way back. I think I cried two weeks. I did not want to come back to Tallahassee. I'm from Fort Lauderdale. Tallahassee was boring to me, very boring. And my husband is from Live Oak. So Tallahassee was big for him. And I think Fort Lauderdale was too big. So eventually I settled down and, and I told him, okay, we can stay here. And I'm glad we did because we started a church. And I, I get to participate in this community. I've been here I came when I was 18, left for six months and moved back in a year, and I've been here ever since. And I have gone, grown to love Tallahassee. I think that we have some of the greatest people I have met. I went through Leadership Tallahassee, Class 36, and um, absolutely phenomenal people. And I've met people that I know I would have met if I hadn't gone through Leadership Tallahassee. But the people here are fantastic. We have our problems. You know, we have situations. That's what they say in Jamaica. We don't have problems, man. We have situations. But I believe that our heart, for the most part, is love toward, towards one another, that, that we want to learn each other. We want to help each other. And so that's, that's why I stay now, because I believe that this is a great place to live. You know, like I said, we have our problems. Uh, all of the shootings and killing, we're still not bad in this shit. We're not as bad as Chicago or Philadelphia or Miami or Fort Lauderdale. We have our problems, but I think that the heart of the people here, what I feel, people that I've met, people that I'm, I'm looking to meet, is good. And that's why I stay. And our ministry makes a difference here in this city. I think anything, when you feel that you can make a difference in someone's life, and as you said earlier, see that joy, then you feel like, okay, it's worth getting up another day. Yes, ma'am. And that's why you, and people say, how do you do this? How do you always, because I believe every day that I get up, God let me live. My responsibility that day, I'm going to meet some people that I'm supposed to help, that I'm supposed to give hope to, that I'm supposed to show love to. I'm, I'm going to be in an atmosphere where he wants me to change something. And I work, I look for it. And if I walk in a place and there's so much hatred, I'm praying, okay, how do I handle this? What do I say? What, what do I do? You know, a lot of people say I'm a comedian, and I, I laugh and make a joke quickly. 
because I think that's the joy of life. And again, it goes back to the way I was raised. In my home, we laughed, we had fun, we enjoyed, and I believe that every child, every family deserved to have what I had in my family. I, I believe that with all my heart. You know, I thought we was rich. I thought we had all the money in the world. That's why I gave away my mom clothes. I gave away her jewelry. I gave away food out of our deep freezer because I thought we were rich. And they had to inform me that we were not rich, that they'd saved and worked hard for that. But I always felt this sense of that God created me to really make a change in this world. And that's why I do my radio, for influence. I, I want to influence the lives of people. When I die, I want to be empty. <laughs> I do not want to take any gift, any talent to the grave. I want to have sown everything to people. How do you keep yourself, re- how do you recharge yourself? How do you keep Judy whole? Prayer. Prayer and I love watching movies and TVs. And sometimes my husband, I mean, we go on vacation. Our family, our family take vacation. Uh, my husband, my daughter, and my son, we just come back from six days in Matigo Bay. Um, quite a few of them are going to meet me in Tampa. And when we relax, we relax. I, I don't take, I relax. I, I do. And one hour in every day, I give it to me. I give it to Judy. You know, every morning when I get up, I pray and ask God for strength and wisdom. When I get upset and really angry, I don't go around people. I don't, I don't, I stay in the house because I know at that time I can say something that I could regret. You know, because I, I get mad sometimes. <laughs> well, we're human, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I make sure I put that Judy time in there. Um, my, my my sister runs the daycare, so I don't have to do that. You know, she does that. And I, and I love to have fun. I, I love to play and laugh and eat. So I, I ask many of my guests this question because a lot of people hear this when they're driving in the car. You know, they're coming into work or they're going home from work. What would you want someone to take away from listening to you? I would love for someone listening to me to say, I can do this. I, I'm, I can do it. I'm going to do it. I have been created to make things happen, and I'm going to make it happen. My voice matter. My present matter. I matter. If they don't like me, I like me, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I, I, I just wish people would try to put forth whatever dream they want. Go put in the application. I know they're not going to hire me. Put it in anyway. Write well. If you can't write it, get somebody else to write it. But do it. Do it. You know, do it. Make it happen. You can. There's a poem called Equipment, one of my favorite poems. And it states that we all have the same thing, two eyes, two ears, a mouth, and a nose, you know, we just got to use it. We all got a brain. We have to use it, and we can make it happen. So I hope that the people have listened to this. Every time I get up, I pray that somebody will be influenced by me 
what I live by, if I can help somebody, you know, while I travel alone, or if I can help somebody with a word of cheer, somebody with a word or song, then my living is not, have not been in vain. Well, you have said some wonderful things, and I can see where you're very much a positive inspiration to those who circle around you, and I hope your circle gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, is there any other final thoughts you, you have before we wrap it up? I really want uh, those of you who will be listening, I, I want you to dig down within yourself, and I want you to show up for you. You know, show up for yourself. Sometimes we, we're trying to uh, help everybody else, but we haven't shown up for us. You know, look in the mirror and just say, girl, man, you belong here. You belong here. Wherever you are, you belong on the stage. And when they call for you, they are calling for you. I often teach people this. When they call for you, they're not calling for Judy Mandrell. They're not calling for your mother or your sister or your boss. They want you. And you have to show up for you. Man the stage. Walk on that runway. You know, that's yours. And practice until you get it. And when they call for you, be ready. You can't get ready. Be ready. Be ready. You know, I'm ready. They call for me uh, to, to learn whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And, uh, and that's what I want people to know. And you are going to make mistakes. You're going to make some bad decisions. It's called life. Right? But find somebody who's doing what you want to do. Find somebody. Find somebody and make it happen. And I want to say this, I don't know if I'm supposed to or not, but I walked into this station, and when I walked in here and walked into that room with all those different radios, it's like I just felt something come over me. It, it, it was like I, I have arrived at the radio Hall of Fame or somewhere. I don't know what it was, but when I walked in there that moment, it was like, this is your runway. Use it. And I am thankful for this opportunity. And I say to you all, make it happen for you. Just be ready. You know, make it happen. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of a busy day that includes traveling down to Tampa to be hopefully a recipient of uh, a, this amazing award on behalf of your radio program. Congratulations thank to you. you for that. And and for all that you do in the community, I just thank you for being one of those people who is a giver with kindness and heart. We need that. And so thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you so very much for the opportunity to be on this show today. I am Judy Mandrell of the Real Talk with Judy live radio show. And I want you to remember this. I see you in the future, and you look so much better. You're doing so much better than you are right now. That's Real Talk. <laughs>